Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I want to play a game. You have been hypercritical of the films that you review. This Halloween, you will be forced to sit through all seven Saw films. Let's see if you can make it through these new metal filled films alive. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run podcast. I'm Ryan from the MoosedeadWorld.net, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Martin. How's it going? I'm pretty good. How about you? Oh, it'd be better. You would be better? Would be better. Why? uh, Just experience the movie for the first time. Ah, you're talking about Saw, the original (laughs) Saw from 2004. Yeah. That we just watched. I'm like the only one who probably hasn't seen it. That's probably true. I mean, I think a lot of people experienced it way back when. Well, maybe not so much the first film, but like the subsequent ones that released during the Halloween season. Well, wouldn't you want to go back to, if, you know, you're going to see Saw 6, wouldn't you want to know what... Probably not. Well, I'm going to assume a lot of people were like, screw those other ones. I'm just going to the movie theater with my friends during (laughs) Halloween to see this one. When Jason takes Manhattan, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, do you, I don't need to know about the original. Yeah, do you I think just, a lot of people, when those came out, they were like, well, here's Friday the 13th, part 8, but I need to go first before I see this one, I gotta go and see the rest of them. They should. That's how yeah, should. that's how you should operate, and that's how I operate, but that's not how everybody operates. Oh, well, I know. Okay. So, I think that probably a lot of people, when Saw, I would say like Saw three was like the one that was pretty big where people were like okay i gotta see this religiously every halloween when it comes out now and um i gotta i think that probably a lot of people just went to the theater they heard people talk about it how gory it is how much torture porn was in it when torture porn became a thing and uh they were like oh okay yeah let's go see it yeah thank you hostel yeah (laughs) thank you hostel (laughs) eli roth james wan um, they're like the splat pack for for horror movies. Splat pack. The splat pack. They yeah. did call people that splat pack. They joined that <clears throat> prestigious <laughs> club of the splat pack, where your movies are may not be that great, but at least they got a lot of blood and gore in them. And you got to give it to like James Wan and Eli Roth for actually figuring out a formula that, for the most part, works because there was a lot of torture porn. Was and still is a lot of torture porn that came out that really did not work. And people were like, yeah, no, that's just a terrible film. And you got to question, like, what about, like, the Saw films was like, yes, that's, you know, I got to see this one every year. Well, I don't think, but I, films I don't... like, uh, you know, some of the other films, like, um, con- what was that one? Like, I forget what this one was called, but there was one that came out and it was like, uh, a, a, it was basically a Saw, but it just was like, you could tell it's just not as good as uh, um, uh, Saw films or the Hostel films. I, it's, I forget what it's called now, but I remember, I think it's like Captive or something like that. And, uh, you know, it just it just never captured people's attention like Saw. And you got to wonder, what about it makes people go nuts for this these films but then again like when they're presented with other torture porn they're like yeah that's that's not that great probably because it's one of the first yeah and the not like not like the first first torture porn film ever obviously mm. but like first of like the new the new generation type thing you get, when you think about it 
coming off the late '90s, the thing with slashers, right? Again, with the screams. I know you did last summer. Urban Legend. Yeah, re revitalizing those yeah. films. <clears throat> and Captivity and, was the and, film that I was thinking of. And the only one that's kind of um, outside of that during that time period, you would say, is like Final Destination. Which was still, in a way, a slasher. Yeah, it is. Just but, but with an inanimate. Like, death is the... Death as a, as a slasher. And, you know, that's not so different from what Friday the 13th became, where a man is pretty much a supernatural, unstoppable being. Yeah, I mean, but... Jason, for all we know, could be death. Maybe he's just... This is what he does in his spare time while he's not killing other people <laughs> for, for funsies. Yeah. He's just like, well, whatever. But yeah, so, like, yeah, the uh, mid to late 90s is when you got your... Big slasher boom. Yeah. And then, yeah, you have your OOs, which was, like, a time for some of, like, the more hyper-violent films that we know of. Um, If you're thinking... And and a lot of where we started, like, those remakes, those retreads. Thank you, Rob Zombie. Yep. Um, We, you know, like, we... Even like, well, Halloween was even later, but you got stuff like well, I'm not talking, House I'm, on Haunted I, I, Hill. I was going to say, I'm talking uh, about like uh, <clears throat> his uh, House of a Thousand Corpses yeah. and Devil's Rejects. But yeah, House on Haunted Hill, that was... That's uh, a big one that's like, that, you know, it's remaking the original, but it's making it hyper-violent. Yeah, that actually kind of, that movie actually kind of scared sure. me as a kid. Because like, just like the opening with like, getting stabbed in the neck with pencil. Like, yeah. Just being like a kid like, oh, oh god! god. And, you know, he was, they were certainly taking like, William Castle's classics and then making him into something scarier and definitely a lot more violent and adding a lot of like, new metal to it. You know, a lot yeah. of flashy editing shots, a lot which, of new metal, which, by the way, grungy th- decor. Thinking of House on Haunted Hill, who thought it would be a good idea to cast uh, Chris Kattan? <laughs> Sorry, just took a drink there, but yeah, you're right. Someone someone was like, you know who would be the perfect fit for this part? Chris Kattan. I love him when he's playing that that monkey guy in those SNL skits. What was, that? What was his name in that? I don't Mungo know. Mungo or something like that? I don't really remember. Mungo? Remember. Something like that. I don't ever remember Chris Kattan being funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember him ever being just funny, but... Yeah, so... yeah, But you had The Haunting, too, that came, which the, is a re- another remake. Yeah, The Haunting, yeah. Which no. wasn't and, and nearly as uh, violent. In, no, no, know, no. Compared to, you know, the original, it definitely was. Especially. Oh, sure, certainly, yeah. Uh, with it had its own like you know new metal shit in there thrown there too. I don't think so much new metal is just like again those flashy edits, those sort of like you can just sense that there's this is a new style of horror film and that and that piece. But even like Thirteen Ghosts done by the same company, House on Haunted by mm-hmm. as House on Haunted Hill, you can certainly see that. Um, you know the the same style that they have, and again, like the new metal cut, the kind of like the gothic. Um, not talking about like original gothic, like if we're talking about like um, the original storylines by Shirley Jackson, but like those are gothic in the in the classic sense or or Hammer horror films, but gothic in the sense of like hot topic gothic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you know. That's what House on Haunted Hill and Thirteen Ghosts no, are I certainly know. influenced no, I, no. by, like gothic wear. Um, you know, you know the style of the ghosts and stuff were very like melded with metal and things like that. That was just kind of what you know. It's like a Marilyn Manson yeah. music video put to an hour and a half horror film. Yeah. So, and really, we we are going somewhere with this. <laughs> uh, Saw has that same sensibility. 
uh, and really kind of got that started within the torture porn genre. Um, Saw in 2004, not super well known, not one of not the big hit that it eventually became. Uh, more of a sleeper hit. Um, probably surprised a lot of people that Danny Glover was in it. I would say Carrie Elwes. Carrie, Carrie coming off of, you know, well, not coming off of, but (laughs) known for roles like Robin Hood, Men in Tights, uh, now in a, in a American horror film where I gotta say he's not at his best, (laughs) uh, just not at his best. Would you, would you agree? Well, as I told you, this film, I said this film stars Laurent Aaron Eckhart and Laurent Paul Rudd meets, uh, uh, Edward Norton. So Aaron Eckhart would be Carrie Out. Carrie Out was. Yeah, because he looks like kind of like a fatter Aaron yeah. Eckhart. And, <laughs> and Lee Wan Al would be your Paul Rudd yeah. slash Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Um but I mean Saw was surprising. It surprised a lot of people, not just because of its ultraviolence, where a man cuts off his leg, but also because People were caught up in the fact that yeah, 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 yeah. it's like a kind of like a like a it's a fun little game that you know it involves the viewer in that game as well. Yeah, it's a puzzle, it's a mystery, just like Jigsaw. Mm. And uh, you know, it's easy to see now when you look back at the film, like, oh wow, they probably should have not have ma- they should have made some stylistic changes to how they it's shot da- it. It's dated, very dated. But at the same time, you got to think of the time period. You know, you brought up that green hue that the film has. And that is a product of films like The Matrix. Who... Well, I know, yeah, that's what I said. Like, it looks, yeah, it looks like they, uh, James Wan was watching The Matrix and he took notes. Like, the, yeah. Because that's got, you know, that... The eerie green that, glow. That, is... that late 90s, you know, this is the future. It's, you know. Yeah. The technology. It's like... Le- it's ele- electronic. It's, you, this is what, you know, everything's going to look like. You can kind of see where that's coming from, though, because obviously, like, that green glow is, is to me, very much, like, unpleasant to look at. It's like, wow, this is kind of... It's like, it presents an ugly atmosphere within the film itself. And it, it, it that's intentional. I mean, that that's supposed to be like, oh, look how eerie and and weird and I know, but it's gross not, this facility but it's is. not subtle at all Mm-mm. i mean it's not subtle in the ma- true. it's not subtle in the matrix either but no. but like i said at the same time it's you understand what they're going for with it but at the same time it's very distracting like i said especially yeah. now that it's like a very dated uh you know type of thing grant i'm i'm the one that says agrees with you i uh, you know, to, you should judge things on the time period, not, you know, necessarily all the time by today's standards, because yeah. you're going to pigeonhole films that, you know, didn't have, you know, maybe certain technologies or ideas around that, you know, it would benefit from in, like, a modern standpoint. But yeah. but even still, like, that is one thing that's, it is kind of, but that's not even, like, even more, I think the editing choice yeah. is... And we'll talk about that more. Yeah, we'll talk and about I won't it. even and that. <clears throat> excuse me. I won't even blame on the time. I know it was the thing at the time, but even still, like, come on. 
Yeah, like yeah, it's it's tough to look at now. That, honestly, that, that like I won't that I won't give a pass for uh, yeah. for, for being for a being product at, of the, for being a product at the time because it's yeah. bad at the time and it's still bad now. Still not still not getting better. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's take a break for a second to uh, discuss our recent liquor and beer acquisitions. And uh, I do want to throw a shout out first before we go into that to uh, w- kind of like a sister podcast of sorts that I, I recently found out about t- uh, today, actually, um, on Reddit. I was just kind of perusing the podcasting uh, Reddit subreddit that they have. And uh, I found Nightmares on Netflix podcast, which is uh, kind of like us uh, instead of two guys. There's two women on there. And uh, they watch movies, uh, especially like horror films and, and, you know, those that may or may not be good uh, on Netflix. So they kind of take risks and they're like, hey, let's check out this film on Netflix and see what's going on with it. So um, they're, you know, they're kind of like us in the sense that they they get together and they discuss a movie every week. And uh, I kind of consider them a sister podcast as as far as I've seen. So uh, they've got three episodes right now. Uh, Hopefully you will check them out. They're on iTunes, on Facebook um, and uh anything else that you can really think of where you would find a podcast. So hopefully you check out Nightmares on Netflix, give them a listen, uh, review them on iTunes, and and subscribe to them. And we hope to see more of them. Yeah. And I, I would say the greatest nightmare on Netflix is when they pull something that you didn't get a chance to watch. <laughs> you had it in your queue or something, yeah. and you're like, uh, oh, shit, it's, it's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> you're signed. Yeah, and it always happens, too. I'm not like and the they, biggest they, user of Netflix, but I don't I I, I don't use my Netflix nearly yeah, as much as I should. But I, I, mean, probably, I would say like uh, they are making money off of me just not using it. Pretty much that's that's like how little I use Netflix right now. Well, it's the same thing for like with that for me and like the WWE Network. Mm. I literally subscribe to that just to watch when I can NXT and the like pay per view. Yeah, just so I don't have to spend sixty bucks on pay per view. So it's mm. like. Yeah. Other than that, it's like, yeah. but it's like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm paying for that. I know. Hopefully, that nightmare never happens to nightmares on Netflix, where they're like, they plan on watching a horror movie on Netflix to do for their podcast, and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's well, see, that's another thing. They like they they kind of bury the like, if it's getting pulled, they, they like they, don't tell you. It's kind of buried now, like on the like page. Like it used to be like. If you like went over a title and it's getting pulled soon, and say like this was like, available. Hey, watch until... this now, yeah. <laughs> or else you're gonna be shit out of luck in a in a few days. Yeah. But yeah, now they don't really. It's like, like I I'll said. be like, like I'll be mad like um if they like start just pulling like Star Trek stuff. It's like I haven't gotten to Deep Space Nine yet because it's there's just too much shit to watch. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it'd be fun to do like a joint podcast with them or something. Yeah, it'd be cool to like you know up. like do like team a, up with... a team up or even you know we cover the same thing crossover. Covers, yeah, crossover podcast something like that. So uh, hopefully you hear more from Nightmares on Netflix. Definitely check them out. Um, now on to our drinking because we do that every week, every day. I would say it's unhealthy, but who are we kidding? Everybody knows that. My liver can take it. The liver is evil. It must must be punished. That's right. Um, 
We today we are drinking uh, a harpoon beer. I don't, have we had harpoon on here before? I think we. we I mean, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't think we've had them on, but we've talked about them. Because Kate wanted mango. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We we did like the the mango IPA. I did get a pack mm-hmm. first. So we've had harpoon on here before, but we have never had this beer on here before. It's a new one from them. It's a new one. It's their fall. It's it's part of their new fall uh, lineup. Which I haven't seen their variety pack yet, so I don't um, know. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know what it is either, honestly. I, I can't really say. I do know they make an Oktoberfest, so I'm going to guess it has this one. And it has an Oktoberfest. I don't really know what else it has. Probably so, their IPA and then something else. Yeah, something like that. They normally do include their IPA, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's got that. Uh, but we're talking about Flannel Friday from Harpoon, uh, which is a hoppy, and they call it an amber ale, but really it's very similar to a red ale, like a hoppy red. Um. And I think even like uh, Untapped listed lists it as a red ale on there. Yeah, I would say it's like like especially more like a red IPA almost. Mm. Um, yeah, it's very hoppy. Yeah, surprisingly hoppy for what they're calling it. Yeah, I I, you, I ex, you know expect it to be. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd expect it to be like a little bit maltier than it is. Yeah, because they call it hoppy, malty, crisp. crisp. I wouldn't say that it's particularly malty. It, you, you get like enough of it, like I said, like for it to be like like for me to like I would say like it's a red like I said a red IPA because the hops are very prominent and it mm. definitely has like an IPA flavor to it. It's not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. I I like this a lot actually. I th- I, which I think it's because it's fall, so I shouldn't be craving IPAs. But That's I haven't weird. But I haven't had a lot of IPAs uh, so far this year. I'm kind of like you know like yeah it's. Let's talk, you know, I feel like kind of like maybe getting an IPA now. Hey. Oh. Hey. Whatever you want. Mm. I I don't know if, I think you're going to have a hard time finding a lot of IPAs at this time. No, you won't. You don't think so? No. That- <laughs> well, I mean, the regular IPAs are out, probably. Just like, you know, everybody sells an IPA all Everyone, the time. Everyone's got an IPA in they 12 do. different rainbow shades. <laughs> Indigo IPA. <laughs> well, that'll be the next one for Sam. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, this Flannel Friday, one of the reasons that I'm attracted to it is because I like wearing flannel. And I also like the the art on it quite a bit. Yeah. When I saw it, when I saw Harpoon's, uh, you know, release, uh, it was like a press release that they put out or something. I was very intrigued by it. So I had to get it. Right now, they have it in a 12-pack, which, I mean, I probably... I don't know if I would buy a 12-pack of it again, but that's that's kind of me. Like, I don't like 12 of the same beer often. I like to switch it up, I so do. I like to I get do. samplers. I do if it's, like, cheap beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it's cheap beer, that's a little bit different, then you can just pound them and not feel bad about it. But. Yeah, but, I, no, I agree. Like, if I, like, get, Sam, like, a Sam's or Saranac, I prefer to get, like, a variety pack, so you... Yeah, you get, you get just, a... Just so you can, like, you know... You switch it up a yeah. little bit. Cause not every night I'm feeling like a like a hoppy yeah. ale. May, might want a maple bock the next night. Might want an Oktoberfest, and I generally do throughout the the fall season. So I mean, I I like it for what it is, and I think that Harpoon did a good job with it. Um, but like I said, I don't know if I would buy a twelve pack of it again. So, and again, that's just because you don't. Yeah, that's yeah. me. Like the only, to be fair, like the only like seasonal for thing for me that I would like that I actually like to kind of get in bulk like that's like an Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I would agree. Yeah. I, me too. That, that's about it. That and <laughs> like if I'm in like in the summertime, I did get that 15 pack of Founders IPA, which <laughs> I did like quite a bit because that that goes down easy. Yeah, and multiples. That's different. That's not yeah. really a seasonal. No, that's not. But um, yeah, no, because like like even like like a summer ale, I never get like it's a 12 pack just because. Yeah. You know, it's too I, much. Like like I like the variety. Yeah. You know, if I wanted like. Twelve summer ales. I probably want twelve cheap beers too. I can just go with like Jenny Cream Ale and be just as, yeah, you know, satisfied. So, and I'll but tell it, you that you'll never find me buying a twelve pack of a pumpkin ale. <laughs> never in my life will I do that. Just because I gotta get me a Serenette Growler of their. Uh, pumpkin. Yeah, I, I do love the Growler look on that. I the, love the, it. the new one this year looks great. Actually, yeah, yeah looks. Uh, they got a scary pumpkin on it this year. Yeah, so. I love the scary pumpkin. Yeah, and I will say that I do want to. F- Try that Rosemary's Baby because I love the packaging and the name of it. Oh, you did see it? Yeah, I saw it at TJ's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's Two Roads, right? Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Um, I do love that, the picture on it. I love that. I love the name. I love the reference. Yeah. Makes sense for the Halloween season. Not that they're always referencing horror movies, but for, for their pumpkin ale, they do. So. I do want to try that just to try it. Not, I'm not a pumpkin ale fan, but I will try it just to give it a go. But uh, have you had anything else this week? No, nothing at all. No. And I haven't really either because I wasn't home and uh, I did go to a Jack and Jill. I had a Sam Adams Boston Lager because that's all they had. And I did have a Pabst actually in a bottle. Uh, did you feel fancy? It has a cool label on it. I will give it that. It's got like a classy, classic label on yeah, it. Yeah, I told you about that. Yeah, how they, yeah. How they, uh, <clears throat> I said, I was thinking about getting a 12-pack of Paps and Bottles because yep. they had like the 50s like logo on it. Yeah. And, I was, and you're like, no, you're going to regret that. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I didn't get it. But. I, I will say that the Jack and Joe is at an American Legion, so they only had bottles. And their bottles were very, very close, but not expired. <laughs> Their expiration date was marked October. Uh, Every single one of on them. On Boston or? On Boston. On the Paps? On the Paps. Oh. Everything was October. Well, they don't drink that. They're Real close, but not expired. So not like at the bowling alley where you had expired same apps. Yeah, but you get that like it's super discounted, so. Mm. That's true, too. I would take a, an, an expired Sam's for like a dollar fifty. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Yes. So. All right, trade that skunk for discount. Absolutely, that's right. We are we're being kind of lame this. I mean, in the past two weeks on the podcast, we haven't really. Well, I mean, we did have something new this time, but the last time we didn't, and we we don't really have much. To, we're I guess we haven't been drinking very much. Yeah, it's more. I, it's more. I haven't had time when I'm at the store to kind of peruse around. I mean, yeah. Especially of late, I've been bu- like when I go to the Walmart, I've been busy just trying to get the fuck in and get the hell on out. I don't give Walmart my beer business anyway. Well, I mean, they not for full be- price for like well, everything. Not, well, not for beer. I mean, I, but I go there for like other things. So, yeah. but and usually that's yeah. I know. I got to get back to Grant, uh, granted. What, let's say granted when they had Jetty Bach in twelve packs like two years ago, they were selling it for five fifty. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's where I got They're it. They're trying to get rid of it. It, no, it was like right when it first came out. I stocked up there. I, huh. wa- I wanted to go in the back and like, you load your pallet up. Put, we're going to find the, a, tr- a flatbed truck and we're going to bring her on down. Because that's a great deal. <laughs> that is a good deal. 
That is. It's a steal. Gotta find the Oktoberfest for that price. You know, I, I haven't had the Jenny Oktoberfest either since that 112 pack. I haven't seen it. I've always seen it at Nymphs yep. that one time, but I haven't been, haven't I don't been know if there since. they got since. any more. And I haven't probably been, all gone. That was probably it. They got two... That, if that's the case, that's really sad, that was I really know, good. I know, it's, it is really good, but that's probably the reality, because how many people are going to go out and be like, oh, I will take that, Jenny. Those guys were probably ecstatic to get rid of that, because they didn't even know they had it. No, they didn't, no, they didn't, because like what I said, when I asked, <laughs> at, when I looked around for like 10 minutes, I couldn't find it, I, I actually asked the guy, I usually don't, because I want to be a pain in the ass, but I asked him, like, yeah. and he's like, oh, I, got, I think I got a new, I got a Jenny back there yeah. that I didn't yeah, recognize. No, yeah. And he's like, oh, it's warm. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll take it. I'll I want it. it. All right. Let's get into the meat of Saw. <laughs> that was a little joke. <laughs> There's a lot of meat in this film. And potatoes. And well, Danny Glover. And a lot of Danny Glover. Not really a lot of Danny Glover, but... Where should we start? Well, well, first off, let's start with you've never seen Saw. Yeah, I've never you've seen never seen any of the Saws. Never. That's kind of a surprising, considering how big they were when we were like in school. Like this was a, this was one of those films. Like when we were in high school, everybody not so, not maybe the first Saw, but the subsequent Saws when they were playing every Halloween because it became yeah. a thing. It was like you can't have Halloween without Saw. Uh, you know, it became a big thing. It was like, everybody's like, are you going to the new Saw this this weekend? Oh, nobody, nobody ever asked me. Eh, well, I don't I mean, know. I guess I, I guess I guess you weren't that cool. I sucked in high school. I remember going to Saw 3 at theaters at like 9 o'clock with a bunch of friends. All I remember like about, and... about like the Saw film is, like I said, Saw 3. I remember somebody went and threw up in, from watching it in like the first 15 minutes because of the that first trap. And I was like... Yep, no thanks. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I was just like, no thanks. I'm busy watching Land of the Dead and kind of cringing at Dennis Hopper. and Yeah, you'd rather watch that. What than... ha- what happened to George Romero? Like, George, what are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if only I knew the things that would to come after that. I know. but Yeah, so you didn't really ever check out Saw. And I, I'll be honest, like, I didn't see the first Saw in theaters because that was like, it wasn't big at that time. It was. It became big. It became something that all the magazines were talking about. Uh, you I don't know, even remember like you any, gotta see. I don't even remember like any adverts for it until like Saw Three or Saw Four. I don't remember like on, t- on TV. Like yeah, so. I don't really remember uh, the first Saw ever getting very big publicity for it. Uh, like when it came out, I remember hearing about it after. It was like when it was coming out on video. It was like, oh yeah, you should really see this. Uh, you know, it's really, it's, it's a good, it's a twisty thriller. I remember at the time in, in 2004, I was 14, 14 years old. I remember seeing it, um, and thinking like, wow, that was, that was a mind fuck. That was crazy. Can't believe what happened in that. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that was, and then how, how do you sum it up now? What did Sarah say? What happened? This used to be good. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that because I, I do still like Saw in many ways. And I do still, I mean, I still treasure those memories of seeing all the Saw films at, at Halloween because it was a fun thing. It was a, it was like a exciting thing. It was like, oh, Halloween's rolling around. We're going to get a new Saw film. We're going to see Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park get killed in a horrifying way. Um, at the same time... 
I mean, I don't necessarily think that Saw is good or it's my favorite series or anything like that anymore. Uh, I definitely can see some of the, you know, the horrible stuff that goes on in the film that really is, you know, it's it's hard to get over. It's hard to get over, like, some of those those mistakes and, and stylistic choices that you see now and you're like, wow, ugh, what were they thinking? But it's kind of the same way as, like, when you you look at, an, like, a picture in the 90s or something like that of your family. <laughs> And, or your house, and you're like, why did we have that wallpaper? I'm like, well, at the time, we thought it was pretty cool. I'm like, well, why, not why? anymore. I wouldn't even, you know, put that on somebody's coffin. Bury it in the <laughs> ground. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the thing that happens with these films, with some of these films. You know, they take stylistic, cho- uh, like, risks. I would say that Saw's... Uh, style is risky. Not everybody's going to respond to that editing, even in two thousand four. You know, where I think the, I think more people though than would look at it and be like, "Oh, this is cool. This is new. This is you know." But I think again, though, it's like it's, like, risk. it's like it's like music, vi- you know, music video editing. Well, it's, yeah, James Wan certainly you can tell is taking some cues from music video editing, like all of those crazy like speed up, slow down. You know, just edits, quick, yeah, where quick, yeah. quick cuts of like, or or it's like you know, it, like you're watching a nine inch nails video. Yeah, pretty much. And you know, having the camera circle around and around and around, and and just quickly speeding through that. Those are all stylistic risks. I would say you're going to alienate some of your fans or your or your viewers. I should say, not fans, but I, I, I know. But that doesn't like even back then. I I, I agree. I I understand what you're saying. How it's uh. How that's you know it is it is a stylistic risk, but at the same time, just just thinking about it in like a common sense type of manner, the whole that whole especially because the, the main scene where like that kind of editing goes on is when we meet Amanda shortly in this film. Yeah, um, played by Shawnee Smith, who uh, probably most notable for many of you for playing in the TV show Becker with Ted Danson. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say notable. Maybe I should say people will know her from that. Uh, being like the kind of slutty like secretary or whatever she was in that show. Is that what she was? Yeah, I yeah, I guess. I don't know. He was like, what, a doctor? I, I don't remember. I think he was a doctor. So he's like, Dr. Becker. She was like his receptionist. I just remember one episode where she is came right? in with a thong or something, is and it, it was like a big thing. It was like, oh my god, you can't wear that in our office. Well, it was probably right after the thong song. And yeah, like, something, it was something like that. I just remember it. I didn't watch Becker religiously or anything like that. <laughs> but they, they have a porn spoof called Dr. Pecker. <laughs> Dr. Pecker. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but no, like, so like the scene when you see her with the now famous reverse bear trap on her face. That, and that's when you get like the quick, fast speed up and sl- green light everywhere. Yeah, spinning camera. You, like they, that's supposed to build tension. Yeah. Ah, uh, more practical, effective, and tried and true classic way to build effect like tension through cinematography would just be like a slow paced like camera. Just like, like hearing the ticking of the clock, hearing the ticking of the clock, and like she's acting frantically, but the camera's not. Like to have that contrast, yeah. that would be a lot more effective in building tension 
than what this that scene ends up doing by its editing and cinematography choice. Now it's even then, like I would say, it's camp uh, campy and corny. It's like you mean the guitar sweeps are not getting you in the mood for you know like oh no, this is intense. This is scary. That doesn't do it for you. The no, that sounds like a bad wrestling theme. It like, sounds like the guy from Mad Max Fury Road on the truck was like, "Oh, no. bet, what would give this some some good tension?" No, no, that the Mad Max is much better. <laughs> well, that's a billion that's times supposed to be kind of like <laughs> you know cheesy know. like that. This is not. This is done because that's. That was the way they were doing it. It's supposed to It's like... like you, well, you know this one out of all of them is going to be the one most taken seriously. Right. And, and So and, and it's, it's not like it's done like kind of like tongue-in-cheek. Like, no, it's not it's, really. It's not. It's done to try to build suspense. And, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't do it because, again, it's campy, it's corny, and it looks awful. It's terrible. Yeah. And well, like I said, like if you just... Went, like You don't have to be... Like, have gone to a fucking film school to know, like... How to build, like, suspense in this would be, like, just, she's up against the clock and have her, like, the franticness of her portray that, and you don't need the camera to try to portray that franticness with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Those are, those are stylistic choices that really, they don't, they don't go very well now. They don't go over well. And it's, it's gonna continue throughout the Saw series, so you better get used to it. Well, I was gonna say, cause every, <laughs> you better get used well, to it. Well, I was gonna say because again, this this film's uh, has a lot of flashbacks in it too, and every time there's like a flashback, it's like that quick yeah. jump cuts, like a stuttering camera, camera, fucking new metal music playing, and yeah, it's just like oh, you. Oh. Well, that's the thing it's too. Just, we talked to you talked about the uh, that it's not tongue in cheek, and yeah, no, this film is never tongue in cheek, really. This film has very little humor in it at all. It's not even when not it even, is humorous. Not, not even like any like dark humor. Like not so, like, really. Like you know, maybe like, very very little. It, the one time I, I mean, the only time I could think is like Lee Wanell's character Adam infuses a little bit of of that dark humor in it, where he's able to kind of make jokes. But it's not in like his it, situation. But it's not see. But when he does make those jokes, it's not like. It's supposed to be levity for the audience. No, it's, it's just really him. Not. It's just him playing a smart ass yeah. who's being a sarcastic asshole. Yeah. It's not like oh, we're supposed to like oh, he said when when you know low rent Aaron Eckhart's asking you know who are you? What happened? And he says something. He's like, no, tell me the truth. And then he's like, oh, fine. You want to know the truth? Give me sixth birthday party. It's not like ha ha. It's funny. It's like no, he's just being an asshole. Yeah. I will say that uh, Stephen Singh, that detective that works with Danny Glover's character, uh, Tap, uh, played by Ken Leung, he does add a little bit of humor to it, too. Unfortunately, he dies real real quick. And he gets, yeah, he gets no, but I do he love, gets no screen time. I do love Ken Leung because he's in um, this film. He's also in Lost, the TV show Lost. Um, and so is Michael Emerson, who plays one of the people playing Jigsaw's game. It looks like he's his, his assistant Zep, but he's really actually playing the the game as well. Uh, they're both in Lost, so there's some casting choices here that are like you know they're they're carried over uh, from that show. But in in Lost, Kenny Young's really funny too, like dr- wry 
Riley funny. He gets a lot more screen time in that show. So I think that there's like, I, I wish that we had seen more of him because he probably could have added some levity to this film. And, that, and this is a film, I, I don't always think that films uh, need to have levity for the sake of it for their, for their uh, audience. Like, I think that if a film is going to be dark and just overall dreary, then go for it. You don't need to think of the audience. Like, I know I took creative writing courses. And there were a lot of times where I, in particular, write dark stories. And I'm very interested in darkness and, and, and uh, you know, not really giving the audience much light in it at all. A lot of my stories end with horrible endings they're not it's not like they're happy endings at the end they're they're there's pretty horrible endings and um i'm not of the camp that you need to give the 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 reader or the audience anything that's lighter than that um if that's your stylistic choice to go completely dark then so be it and you know you don't owe the the audience anything so i am fine with saw you know just being completely dark and dreary all the time. But at the same time, it's over, overwrought. There's a lot of scenes where it's just like so overwrought and, and just too, too self-serious. For well, I was going to say, I, I, I agree with that sentiment where you don't have to, I don't think something should have humor in it for the sake of, you know, humor or, you don't need to save the audience from something. It, it's, uh, it's yeah, no, or, you know, it's, what you're trying to get across. If you don't like that, then that's fine. That that's about preferential taste. And I agree. This, you know, I don't think adding humor in this film for the sake of humor would make it better. I do think though, if you are going like a darker, more serious route, like this film, you better. The thing is, if you're not adding like kind of humorous moments, you have to be perfect. Mm. You have to be damn near perfect in your pacing, your plotting, your storytelling. To Keep the audience interested, because if it's not, like, and this film does fall in points, then it's going to fail, and it's going to be even yeah. more noticeable, because there's not things to kind of break it up, because this film is very serious to the point where it's, if you look at it now, it's kind of, it's almost comedic how, like, serious yeah. it ta- this yeah. film takes itself. And It is. And, you know, it, it has a lot of those moments where you just, it, you have a hard time taking it seriously, because it's taking itself so seriously. To the point where you know it, it it's really re- it's relying on two char- two actors and characters. It's relying on Lee Wanell, who isn't really an actor at this point. He's more of a writer. I mean, he's a, he he r- writes the film's screenplay and came up with the story along with James Wan, who directed it. Um, and then you know you've also got Carrie Elwes, who's really. Not that great in this film, and I don't know if it's the directing or if it's just the script or or what it whatever it is. But his his acting is very wooden. Wooden, yeah. The even his wife in the film, terribly, he terribly wooden. Yeah, I mean, but she talks about how like at least he could portray some emotion as her husband, and really, you know, that's his character through and through. I mean, he really doesn't have a very wide. Range. range of emotion here until even the, until the very end well even the very end is kind of hard to take him seriously because it's now it's we've crossed the border between like you have no emotion and you're like ridiculously over the top you know crying and carrying on i can't take him seriously with the caked on powder on his face that makes him like so 
White when he literally just cut off his leg. I mean, he just cut it off. He's not going to be losing that much blood immediately. To I make will him give, pale as I will like give a him, fucking zombie. I, I will give him credit. I mean, I agree that that is true, but I will give him credit for that because that's like a that is kind of like a nice little touch that they added to to that effect at least. Yeah. Like you know, portray like he just chopped his goddamn foot off and now. You know, he yeah. he does he does look like he just <laughs> came off the set of the remake of you know Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. He does, know? yeah. He looks like at this other the other thing too with Kerry Elwes is that he is British, and his, and his accent slips in and out all the time. And I that's that's more of a, a of an error with, with the the casting though. I mean, in the script, like. What's well, to get, stop the doctor yeah. in this film from being British? Yeah, what, no. What no, does he, it matter? Yeah, no. He should have always is British, so he might as well have been British. Yeah. It doesn't. And I say British, but I don't really know if that's true. I mean, I. Yeah, I mean he's, he's from London. Yeah. So, but um, there's nothing to stop him from having that accent. It's just that they didn't want him to, for whatever reason. But they should have just gone with it because he doesn't have a strong enough. American accent to really sell it because he's if he gets angry he slips into it if he shows yelling, like yeah. emo- if he shows emotion <laughs> emotion it's, it's coming out and that's that's a big problem because it's gonna take you out of the out of the the movie you know you you have a hard time taking him seriously when he goes from American accent to all of a sudden you know clearly British clear I always had a hard time with that even when I was fourteen I was like. This does not, you know, he doesn't sound the same all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a that's that's one of the big things that I have a, pro- a problem with, especially at the end because he's yelling so much. It's pretty much all in British when he says like, "I've got to go get help." It's, <laughs> it, it's like in British. It's not even he's you're not even speaking American anymore. You cut, it, you cut your leg off and you become British. I don't know. That's it's just that's I've always had that problem with this film. And it doesn't get better with age. I definitely notice it more, even more now that I've seen it a few times. So it's like, wow, you know, that's <laughs> certainly a British accent there. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, there, uh, I have a, a lot of problems with Saw now watching it. And I can't say that I think it's the best film that I've ever seen anymore. Um but I do think it has some good twists to it. You got to think of like you coming into this film, even though you haven't seen it, you knew the twist. You knew the end twist. Yeah. Do you think I that? Because yeah, I, I I watched like reviews of like the soft. You've like, seen so, yeah. like the, the, like for most of like the series of like you know I watched like a reviewer like do in depth breakdowns of like the, like like forty five minute reviews of like, each soft film yeah. of like because he likes them and like. How the series just gets kind of progressively worse, and, yeah. And so, yeah, I watched. So I knew the twist, but at the same time, it's it is not to be like when, like I was saying, Tenebrae, how it's kind of it's like it's a, it's a you can see it coming twist. It is a you can see it coming twist because when you think about it, one of the things that I mean, I know it would have been hard the way they were chained. They're purposely chained so they can't really reach the body in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be one of the things I would be also checking. Like, why is that guy dead? He looks like... It's so, Jigsaw is the body in the room. Spoiler. 
Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, 12 years now. Spoiler. It's Jigsaw who's in the middle of that room. Uh, <laughs> and he's got, you know, when he's lying there, blood coming out of his head, you know, gun next to his hand. So it looks like he committed suicide. Um, if I was in that dank, dusty room and trying to find ways to get out, I would, in again, I like you said, the chains are purposely set so they can't really reach him. I would be trying to find a way. Like, like he might have something on him. Especially seeing as the whole point is for Carrie Ells to win. Yeah. Or, or at least, you know... In the most, like, drastic, one of the most, dr- more drastic ways for him to win. Because there's mo- multiple ways he could win. Yeah. Um, one of the ways is for him to kill Adam, and he, which he has a bullet for a gun that Jigsaw has. He has to somehow get the gun from Jigsaw. So at the same time, I'd be, like, trying to check also. If you can, like, somehow get to that gun, try to also maybe see what else is on him. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I mean, I... See, well... But we were talking about the twist. You saw it, so you saw it coming. Well, I mean, you would be able to see it coming if you didn't know the ending. Yeah, because, I mean, when you when you watch this film, do you think it's somehow at the end of this film, just the way it takes its, the way the film is, do you think this film somehow going to have a happy ending with both of them getting out? And No, I don't think I would have a happy ending, but I, when I watched it, I didn't think anything of that man being dead in the in the room because I just thought, you know, if it didn't happen, you know, they were stuck in the room for one thing. They just leave him there to die. And then they would murder his family. So I didn't really think anything of like Jigsaw being in the room because at that time we didn't even know that his M.O. Yeah, there was no one really. But it's hint it's hinted at because again, the his the whole his whole and they show it throughout the film, he's going after people who don't appreciate life. Yeah. Because he's dying. He's yeah. got, he's got terminal cancer, so he's dying and he sees ungrateful assholes not appreciating life. Um which is which is an extreme because uh, when I was at lunch today with my friend our friends, uh her friend's girlfriend said, like, how it's a blessing how, like, she doesn't have to feed her boyfriend because because how she worked at, like, you know, nursing homes and stuff. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, then just being able to breathe is a blessing. It's, is it really a blessing or is it just... Yeah. I wouldn't call that, you know, being a blessing. So yeah. I think in this in this case, like, he's, t- you know, like, I'm dying and I'm pissed off. And, like, this guy's, you know, living in the shadows taking pictures and I'm going to fuck him over. And this guy's, you know... Emotionless, you know, I'm gonna fuck him over too. It's, well, I mean, that's a that's a thing that does come up in the sequels. Is that is he really doing a service to these people, or is he really just kidnapping to make them play terrible games? And it does come up a little bit where he has to question like what he's doing. And I think would that, you would you say from what we know of the two main characters that they did anything? That would say they're not appreciating life. One, well, not it doesn't necessarily always mean for for him to to take these people that they're not appreciating life. It's that they have morally outraged him. In some no, way. I I, I yeah. know that. It's, but at the same time, they haven't. If you think about it, one's basically a private investigator. Yeah, not he doesn't. He's not really a dick. 
But he, he he's a dick. You take but yeah, but at the same time he's doing it illegally. But uh, it's, 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 it's basically it's not, like voyeurism. Not, you but, can't really you can't really go to somebody's house and start taking pictures of No, them I know that, but like at the same time like what he's doing isn't there's a lot more morally outrageous things going. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, like if you find somebody doing something like that, you fi- like you break their camera and like you know kick their ass or something. Yeah. You don't. That's how you like so like you know don't fucking take pictures of me. I, I like mean, my- you'd rather see it have him like pick up that guy that Danny Glover was talking about that was mole- the dentist that was molesting children. Yeah. You'd rather see him, like, pick someone up like that. So, well, I mean, I'm not saying his form of justice is right. Yeah, but, 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 I'm, but, but, but you're I, saying, like, that would be more believable than the two that we get for Saw. Yeah, and the other one is a guy who's just emotionless, dedicated to his work, and he might have had an affair. Yeah. yeah. Which we don't know. Yeah, and in that case, why didn't Jigsaw pick up the woman who was also having the affair? Because she's basically fucking to the top. Yeah. Because she's one of his students. Yeah. She's yeah, just, she's, ju- she's just as guilty in that. Yeah, I mean, so, so I like I said, like in this, and I know, like Amanda would be more of an appropriate because she's a drug addict. Yeah, you're throwing your life away on drugs. That's like more of a you want to scare somebody into getting straight. You know, drug addicts, one of them. Like, oh, you like heroin a lot. I don't know. If she does heroin. I'm just taking a guess. She does look like a junkie, not a fucking pothead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That would be a way to scare them off the smack is put a bear trap on their head. And be, That's true. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are definitely some issues with the, the thematic ideas that are at play with Jigsaw's Hell, you could take Danny Glover. Games. Yeah, an obsessive he's, uh, he's, cop who's really not actually a cop anymore because he's been uh, discharged yeah. from the service. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. But I mean... At the same time, yeah, not really. He doesn't really actually play a game. The game is he's put into it. I mean, he puts himself into the game, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that 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 is always an issue, and I would say that it becomes more of an issue within the most the Saw films moving forward because at that point you have to question all of the people because they get more convoluted. Obviously, more people within many more games. Um, you have to question, like, whatever, what is, is he really doing these games to teach people a lesson, or is it now just become a thing for him? So, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about Saw. I think that that is an issue, and probably just, you know, an, a problem with Lee Wanell's script, you know, that they didn't really come up with a s- specific idea that makes Jigsaw you know, someone that the viewer can actually somewhat relate to. I mean, at the same time, though, if they had given the characters something a lot more, a lot worse as their backstory, then you risk the the viewer saying, "Oh, yeah, well, Jigsaw's kind of yeah. right." You know, yeah. But that's what the films become. Mm. I haven't seen them, but I know they will become. I say, yeah. I say, yeah. I haven't seen them, but I know as the films go on, it's not about pun- it's not about punishing them through these elaborate puzzles. It's about just the game itself, and then the, how the hideous way they're going to fail. Well, yeah, that's true, though. But but <laughs> you have to take Saw as a standalone right now because those other films didn't come out. Well, no, I Saw. I, 
you know, Saw 2 was not even really an inkling at the time when Saw 1 was created because they didn't know that it was going to do so well. So really, the uh, idea was, hey, this Jigsaw guy is killing people because they did stuff that he doesn't agree with. No, I, I know that, but yeah. I, like, I'm, I, like, I'm saying, like, it, it's, you can... You just tell by like the idea of it, though. It's like problematic. As 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 the as it go as the films, if you do do more sequels, it's easily going to stray away from that because again, <laughs> it's like the Friday the Thirteenth film, the Halloween films, the Nightmare films. It's not about the story and the intrigue of like the those first few you know those first films and those series sets up. It's about oh. How can Michael Myers, you know, become more and more brutal to these people? How can Freddy, you know, be get more and more convoluted in his dreams? And it's the same thing with this. You can tell, like, I, I mean, I wouldn't call the room s- scenario in this technically a trap. It's not really a trap because they were kidnapped and put into it, so it's it, it is a puzzle. Yeah. Um, but I can tell just as you know, because a man is put in a trap. That people probably saw that as like one of the more iconic things in this, and then they kind of probably and saw too took that a little bit further. Yeah, and then like in some of the ones in this one too, they there's traps in this film too, like the bar, you know, the razor wire fence and yep. the candle and the safe, and so they people were probably like, oh, that's really cool. And then the, as the films just went on, that's they you you could tell that's how it's going to progress. They're not going to again, as I said, horror films. Never trend upward. Yeah. They just don't. It starts it always if it's a series that does really well, usually the first one's your your peak, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. You don't ever come close to that peak again. And I think in this like you can kinda of tell. Like they're like as the films go on, they're not gonna get smarter with their puzzles. And you know Well, I will disagree actually. This the puzzles do get smart like more intricate but the I know that I method know. of of uh getting them there the of of including the characters probably is it gets dumbed down well i mean maybe the, <clears throat> like the traps get more yeah i, I mean intricate. It, they, yeah but that's not what the whole thing that saw is supposed to be about is there's a puzzle the answer is an easy answer but because of hysteria anxiety fear and prejudice you're blinded by like the easy answer and you choose the hard answer yeah you know the more much more convoluted. that's like that is an interesting idea within this film is a very interesting idea and concept yeah but what i'm saying is as i like i said i already know because like i've seen like i haven't experienced the films but i know as the film's gone yeah the traps get more elaborate and whatnot but at the end they kind of become moot because of what happens in those films. Yeah. Um, which I don't want to talk about right now. I want to talk about when we get like down into those films, but yeah. So, but like I said, like, like, just like, just think like Halloween first one's the best one. It's downhill from there. Mm. Even though, even though like I love Halloween too. And I like Halloween Halloween. is great. And I, yeah, I love Halloween too. I think it's a, a very underrated film. But like I said, like like and I like Halloween three too. But then like after that, it's just, just downhill. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and nothing comes close. Anything the Friday the Thirteenth. Well, I mean, I I wouldn't say the first Friday the Thirteenth is the best one, but you know it. 
it like hits its peak by like the third or fourth one, and then send back right down the shit. Yeah. Same thing with Nightmare. I do. I do think that Saw One is probably the best. And I think that, I mean, Saw Two has its has its moments as well, just because it's trying something different. It's trying something new. Um, that's that's kind of like where Saw like Saw Two is kind of having to start over from Saw One because you can't do the same thing that Saw One did. It's just like put two people in a room and and have it progress from there because even saw one has difficulties with its plot set entirely in this one room really it has no sense of time yeah it has a as a poor sense of time and and really the pacing it, it can, can become a problem because as i told you um when you see after you find out when they get the cell phone and they find out when he receives calls and they get a call and it's uh, Carrie L's wife saying, don't trust Adam, you know, he, he's a liar. And then he questions him about it. You see, it's four o'clock when he got that call. And by the time Adam's done explaining his story and what happened, it's six o'clock. It took him two hours to... Ex- that's yeah, that, that's yeah. just ridiculous. It's, uh, yeah. I mean... I think this film would have benefited from a lot of trimming. I think this is a film that easily should have been... It's like like an hour and 45 minutes that should have have been been an hour and a half. An hour 20, I would say. Yeah. You you probably could cut that, like, you don't need... Part of the problem is that James Wan and and or, I don't know where this came from, but Lee Wan-El's script, they don't really have faith in the viewer that they can put two and two together. So there's a lot of backtracking and flashbacks with our characters to show how they got to this point. But then they kind of, those flashbacks, they often intersect. And we see the same events happening like multiple times. Because they feel the need to explain it as explicitly as possible. Like, okay, you know, this is what happened. And here's where those two stories intersect, and now you get it. Like, but with what they give us, we don't really need those flashbacks where they intersect. We don't need to see the same things happening three times. We can put it together without, you know, without that stuff. So that's where a lot of our time goes. You know, that and uh, probably. Danny Glover's entire plot really doesn't need to be there. It's totally pointless. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't do much at all. He dies, has really no bearing on gets like the end Billy of the game. And he did nothing. Uh, just except, except phoning it in and play like, you know, another just fucking like, you know, uh, older cop. I'm guy. too old for this shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's they go pretty much as far as just not saying that line. But other than that, he's He's basically just a disgruntled cop guy. Yeah. You know? And he's really... He's not the greatest in this role. I don't think he, any of the acting in this film is good. Except Tobin Bell. Yeah. And he's not even... And he's he, really not that... And he's given nothing to do. No. So. He doesn't really get much to do at all. He's got to lay in the middle of the, yeah. in the floor. And then get up and say some things. Well, other than that, yeah, no. They're all very stilted and wooden. It's just... 
wooden all around. Yeah. Like, yeah. especially, like, and, like, the thing of it, too, like, Lee Wandell, when, like, the whole end when you have Carrie L's starting to break down and, like, decide he's gonna cut his ankle off, because that's the conclusion he comes to, like, oh, to win, I gotta, to get to the gun, to kill you, so I can, you know, survive, you know, have my family be free. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna cut it, you know, through my foot, and he, Adam's just sitting like, what are you doing? Stop it! You're being crazy. No, it's just all that's missing is like, oh my god! <laughs> troll too. But um, but yeah, like, like I said, the acting like for, for everybody's in this film is bad. Yeah. It's just totally wooden across. There's nothing. Nobody in this film is like a delightful. Over the top actor or actress, they're all just very, you know, yeah, just, you know, like they, like they, it's like for this film, they were all method acting and they went and spent like twenty five days in a fucking broken down warehouse and like, <clears throat> and like I now I know you could be pretty down, I guess, if you were in a place like that. Yeah, Makes you me grossed out. Yeah, you would be. Yeah, but that's like, but they're all just like. Soulless makes me like want to wash my hands. <laughs> they did do a good job with the set design. Yeah, I thought the I thought the room looked great. Yeah, um, it's pretty gross, especially seeing as they didn't have. A... They probably filmed it in some like boys' locker room that in a school that's been condemned. Abandoned. Yeah, that's what I would do. It's great. Huh? No, I like I like somebody to, actually like shit in the toilet. No, no, not only that that. Uh, that room didn't have really much green lighting either, so that was... <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice and bright fluorescent fluorescent colors, or lighting, so, yeah, no green there. Now, I will say, <coughs> now, I know Jigsaw's M.O., too, is also, like I said, he puts people in these traps and puzzles where usually there's an easy answer, but the victims never really find that easy answer, because... You know, the anxiety, fear, and whatnot. And they always kind of do the stupid thing to try to solve, you know, solve it. Yeah. Right? Right. So, my question is, with this trap is, how is he supposed to, Adam's supposed to know from the get-go that to win this game, the fucking original key was in the bathtub that he woke up with his, like, you know, face in. And it, it, you know... And it got sucked down down the drain. drain. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really... Because, again, like I said, you, from what I know, understand of the other films, is usually the answer is right there. (laughs) It's literally there. He doesn't hide it from you or try to trick you. It's there, but you're not probably going to see that answer because... Yeah. You're too... Blind. Obsessed with something else. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so in this case... (laughs) It's not really the case. You kind of, you know. Well, the only thing that you can, well, yeah, I mean, it's really not fair. And it's really, I mean, perhaps he didn't think that it would get sucked down the drain. Maybe that was just like a all unfortunate. The key, all the keys he leaves them are like the tiniest little fucking <laughs> keys in the world. Well, the tiny key makes sense because it was to a tiny lock on a tiny. Box. I know, but like I mean, but they're like all like like every key that you see in the film is like a tiny look. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe you know that could have been an accident. Whoops! It got sucked down a drain, 
and that well, then sucks. He, then he should off himself. Then yeah, yeah. I bro- well, broke the rule. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah, but that sucks. But yeah, that that like yeah. That, that that kind that's yeah it does that, yeah. that bothers it, me yeah just because it's an unfair part of that game because again like I said like from what I know he couldn't get out he he couldn't yeah. make it there's nothing he could do because uh, at that point Adams Adams gonna be the one that's gonna be screwed because even but even still at the end of the day the main option that he kind of hints that he well not hints blatantly says to. Cariel's character is that you have to kill Adam to be free, but at the same time, how is he going to get free from that? Yeah, so uh, he has to is he, trust in the fact that if once he, he does him, then once he does it, that comes that, to get him and lets him out. Yeah, I guess that's it. Like that's like a lot because they got a video camera. So well, then, yeah, but they don't. watching. Yeah, but they don't know that until ha- like halfway through the film. Yeah, you know that they're, they're being watched. Yeah. Well, they're, they were, and they don't, and they don't say, and they, you know, because Zep's also being played with the game too, like for him to not die, which they don't even say why, like they don't even say why Zep's part of the game, what he's doing. Because he's weirdo, that's why. No, oh, they don't. They, <laughs> they don't even say why. Like it kind of would make sense like, if you think about it again. The kind of hint off of what I know from like what happens later on in the films that like, he might be like Jigsaw's assistant because. When you see Zep, when we, you know, in the hospital. Right, yeah. You know, you have the doctor, you know, Cariel's, you know, like, oh, he's got inoperable brain cancer. Like, he's talking to his students, kind of not really having a nice bedside manner about, you know. Yeah. Jigsaw lying there, and Zep's like, oh, his his name's John, and, you know, and and he, he kind of blows him off. He's like, yeah, oh, oh. The orderlies get attached to them, you know. <laughs> so he's like being like condescending. Yeah. So you would think maybe, you know, he could possibly like a, like assistant to Jigsaw because it's like you know maybe he m- might have had a bond and like you know, but no, no, he's just he's doing what he's doing because he's been put in the game to because he's weird. Yeah. That's yeah. so. That's what I got from it. That he's weird, and that's why he's playing the game. Yeah. 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 There's some problems, definitely. Definitely some problems with the script. What uh what would you give Saw out of uh ten hacksaws? What would you give it? Um Probably a six out of ten. Six out of ten? Maybe maybe yeah. yeah. I'd probably give it a seven. Seven out of ten hacksaws. Yeah, I'd give it a six. I mean I like I said, I think the idea of the film was great. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting concept. I think it's just poorly executed. Um, I think for the most part they could have just done, like I said, a shorter film, kept most of it just within that room yeah. and tr- playing the game and seeing how that pans out. Like you didn't have to dive that much into the backstories of the character, why they're there and what. Yeah, because it didn't really matter. It, yeah, I mean you can, but it doesn't have to be anything, you know. All these great flashbacks and whatnot. The game yeah. itself can take precedence. Yeah. And then, like, the, the interaction. And then that's, you know... Because at the end of the day, it's not what they did in their past that matters. It's what's going on in that room right then, you know... That's true. Right then and there. That's going to be the deciding factor on... Yeah. How you feel about those characters, so... But like I said, I think, I think it's an interesting idea... 
I think it, they, like I said, could have done better with it. I think overall the acting in this film is god awful. I, I, I just wish, like, you know, they probably either got better direction or better actors and actresses in this. Um, which is, you know, which is a shame because Danny Glover just, you know, like I said, he's just total shit in this. Yeah. Um, I think. It only gets worse from here, too, as he get, picks up more small time indie roles. He's kind of like, like the, like Eric Roberts now. <laughs> Something like that, where he's just like, someone calls him up, he's like, do you want like a thousand bucks to be in this uh, really low budget horror movie? He's like, sure. You know, I'll um, do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Thousand um, dollars. Um, like I said, I think some of the editing choices and cinematography is bad, but it's product of the time. But like I said, yep. I, I think some of it's kind of inexcusable. Well, it's a good thing that James Wan got better. Did the Conjuring, Conjuring Two? Yeah, I haven't seen the original Conjuring, but I loved when I saw the Conjuring Two. I thought that <clears> was actually really good. It's one of the best horror films I've seen in theaters in a long yeah. time. It's, I mean, he definitely uh, learned from his early years making films like Saw. Like Dead Silence, Dead Silence starring Donnie Wahlberg. Which we're going to see soon. We're going to see him soon. We will see him soon. He is in Saw 2. So. While while they're at it, why don't you throw like a slow run Baldwin and they're like Steven and. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think the Baldwin shows up at No, no, they're not. But I'm just saying, like, you you got low rent Wahlberg, why don't you throw in like, uh, you know. Throwing Stephen Baldwin too, yeah. and yeah, definitely making a buddy cop film. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it was okay. Is is I wouldn't. Are you looking forward to the next no. Uh, sequels? No, no, not at all. No, it's gonna get tougher and tougher. I, I can already tell it's gonna be. It's like, gonna it, get more violent. I just know the good thing is gonna be like there's gonna be more Tobin Bell, and I know true. He's, he's solid in the role. Tobin Bell, yeah. Like I said, he's he, uh, he outside. He is the only for a while. You get to see uh, Donnie Wahlberg, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, it's gonna get more violent. More, more broken bones. More green. More yeah. Well, more that's green. That's another more fog. thing. That's another thing too. This film isn't even gory. No, it's not. It's not. Not really. No, it's not gory at all. I mean, a little bit. You don't see... A little bit of the foot cutting, but... You don't see that you see him... Like, you see the first incision and some blood. That's it. The rest of the way he's cutting, it's... They just pan to Adam's reaction, and then his like his face, while he's biting into his shirt while he's cutting, they don't really show... So you don't see, like, the whole him, like... Because if it was, like, later in the film, they'd show, like, the whole, like, him hacking through his... True. They don't. And then, like, breaking the foot off. Yeah, yeah, they they don't. So this film is very it's very tame. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is, and that's they they build on it from there. But and I'm not saying and I'm not saying it's bad either. Like I said, I think yeah. I mean, at least it you leaves get, a visceral reaction from the viewers. Yeah. Like oh, you don't really see what's happening, need, like, but you can imagine. It. Like with the one trap with the guy that's in the you know barbed wire, you know the yeah, razor fence. You, you can don't imagine how you don't have to watch him crawling is. through that and what you know because. I mean, it shows you a little bit, but not, you know... Just him acting frantically. They don't yeah. show him doing it. But you have just kind of, like, which that's, like, part of the problem. Because that when they show him acting frantically, it's all in that Marilyn Manson Nine Inch Nails 
music video editing style with like the gr- matrix green puke neon <laughs> lighting. But while they're like doing that, you have like the one office or she's describing what happened and like saying like how like oh one of the incisions was so deep it cut into his stomach and there's stomach acid. Yeah. Like, you can imagine that's terrible. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to see that. That's that, so that's like that's that's great. That that's a great like, you know, little thing. But yeah. Well, we're gonna see more of that. Cause uh we're gonna continue through the Saw series until we get to the end. Now when does the new one come out? That's all next year. Next year. Next year. So what what the hell are we gonna do now? <laughs> what? What are they gonna do now? I don't know. Well there hasn't been a new Saw in a few what, years anyway. Saw seven was the final chapter. Final chapter. Saw eight. It's coming out. The new chapter. <laughs> it must be, yeah. It's just like, just the new, like in the... The new novel. Yeah, just like in Friday the 13th. Yeah, was it the fourth like, one? They killed just... off Jason? Yeah. Bring him back. Yeah, it was the fourth one, right? Final, final chapter? Yeah, and then Jason lives. So. Um, but yes. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Like, that the, shit. Like, you know, like, oh yeah, sure, we'll end it. And then just coming back from it after. Like, I remember, like, no, not only that, like, not just like with movies, like in games, like Halo 3, finish, uh, yeah, finish the, the last one. Halo 3 is gonna be the last one. Finish Master Chief's fight next year. Hey, we got another one coming out. Reach is coming out. It's yeah. like, it's like, you lied to me. I know. It, it happens all the time. It's the same thing. Like, like I, like... I loved the Mass Effect games. They were great. I didn't play them when they first came out. I actually didn't play them until like last, like the yeah, past two years. The trilogy. Um, yeah, it's the trilogy. It's supposed to be like that's it. Not like Andromeda's coming out. And as great of a game as that's probably going to be, it's like just oh, yeah, leave well enough alone. It's true. But we're going to be back next week with Saw Two, and uh, the subsequent weeks we'll finish up the Saw series until Halloween. We're gonna we're gonna go right straight through, so be prepared for all of those films to come your way. Um, thank you for listening to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Ah, wow, Pumpkin Cat <laughs> Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We hope you'll stick with us through the Halloween season as we cover all these Saw films. Um, you can find us. This is time for administrative stuff, so uh, you can turn it off if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on our website, Blood and Black Rum Podcast dot wordpress dot com. Uh, that's where we post all of our, uh, you know, updates and things like that. So definitely follow us on there. You can follow us with WordPress. Uh, we're on iTunes, and we are also on Stitcher and pretty much any other podcasting app or software that you use. We're on all of them. So follow us, subscribe, leave us a comment, leave us a review. We definitely appreciate all of that. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. Uh, you can like us, um, leave us a comment on what you want to hear for the next films that we cover in this, in this, uh, podcast. And, uh, you know, just tell us how much you like us. We really appreciate that. Uh, you can email us blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Give us film suggestions. Tell us how good we're doing. Don't tell us how bad we're doing. We don't want to hear it. (laughs) We won't change for you. Um, also, Uh, you can donate to us on Patreon. Patreon is a, uh, a website that allows you to donate as much or as little as you want for each of our episodes. So just keep that in mind when you're donating. Um, don't donate 50 bucks an episode because that you're going to go broke real soon. And we don't want our listeners to go broke because that's, you know, 
pretty pretty soon you'll be homeless and you won't have a computer or an, or an iPhone and you won't be able to listen to us. So that does none of us any good. So, uh, you know, but if you if you do feel the need to donate to us, um, you know, pledge a dollar or something like that. And uh, we, re- we will really appreciate that. It'll help us with our, our podcasting costs. Um, so thanks in advance for that. Um, next week, we'll be back with Saw 2. Uh, please tune in and uh, we hope you enjoy our Halloween series and hope you have a fun Halloween season. Thanks for listening. Take care.